although I'm impressed you're here. Um, so I want to start with this question tonight. Uh, how do you survive Michigan winters? Um, and as we do, I'd love to hear your thoughts. What is it that helps you get through Michigan winters? Anybody? Down coats. What's that? Down coats. Down coats, good, yes. Down coats are good, yeah. Hot chocolate. Hot chocolate. What else helps you survive a Michigan winter? Knowing spring will come. Knowing spring will come. That's good. That's good. There is hope. Uh, Chad. Oh, we go to Southern California. <laughs> Marita, don't rub it in. Oh, painful. That's a good idea. Anyone else? It's snow. It's white. It's dark outside. It's a lot darker. It's got the Okay. So the snow adds more light to being outside, which we discovered today, even though the sun wasn't out. It was very bright out. Yeah, a lot of light. Anyone else? Finding fun things that are great to do and stuff. Finding fun things to do. That's good. So I'm going to give you my list. Ready for my list? So first of all is learn to like it. Try skiing. It's great. You get to go outside and it's cold and you sit on this hard chair and you get lifted up in the air. Just this really good stuff. Another idea is to hibernate. Just say, can we just hunker down and, and hope that it goes away? But here, I think, is, is perhaps in our world, this is how you survive a Michigan winter. Zoom. <laughs> just decide we don't need to go outside. We'll just connect virtually, right? Uh, we can just say, well, maybe this year won't be so bad, which we kind of thought that for a little while. Maybe this year wouldn't be so bad. Um, I think what we ought to do is just create this giant, gigantic greenhouse and just put it over and we could all just move in and live in there. Or we could move south. But obviously I'm more concerned about uh, about life and how we address life than I am Michigan winters, although sometimes they get closely intertwined. How do you survive hard times? When life is challenging, what is it that is your strategy? How do you approach it? And so again, some things, some of us choose to fight. And if it's a hard time, there must be somebody and we'll attack or, or it's the problem, we'll conquer this problem, we'll just fight. Some of us go to flight or hide and just hope that it'll go away. And we just hope that we can, we can hide from the trouble. Some of us flame or blame, right? There must be some, somebody that we can say is the problem here. Sometimes we flame ourselves and we say, it's all my fault. Terrible me. I've made all this hard. And some of us freeze, not in the literal sense, but we just do our best to say just whatever. Just hope it, it somehow all goes away. Maybe there are other strategies. I'm curious, and don't say this out loud, but when you reflect on life and when you think of what it's like when you hit a challenge, when, when some disaster comes, some challenge comes, the bottom drops out, what do you do? Where do you tend to go? And does anything actually help? What is it that does improve things? Because there's so many things that our strategies make the problem worse, but we keep doing these strategies over and over again. What do we do? And, of course, the question is, what should we do? What can we do? And uh, let me just pray and ask for God's work in, in his uh, presence with us tonight. Father in heaven, we thank you that we can gather together online and in person in this room. Uh, thank you that we can... Uh, be gathered together in different places in this country and continent, from other countries and, and continents. I thank you that we have this freedom to gather together. We pray that you would do your work in this time, that Jesus would be lifted up, 
and that we would find a joyful hope because of what we celebrate tonight. So we ask for, for your work, Holy Spirit, not just in ideas, not just in our minds, but in our hearts. Do that for every one of us. We thank you that you are present with us, Holy Spirit, and that you will speak. In the name of our Savior, we pray. Amen. We'll talk more about the Hebrew word in a couple of minutes, but God with us. I just want to to uh, look at these verses that Jim and Jean, uh, Jim read for us earlier from Matthew 1. Just a very brief look at these powerful words. Uh, in Matthew 1, we, we started with the statement that this is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. And when you think of a time when you hit a great challenge, for Joseph, this was a great challenge. There was, there was no way through this. There was no way that he could look and say, here's a good solution. For his integrity, for his relationship with God, he says, I can't go forward with this marriage. And yet, I don't know how much he was in love with Mary, but clearly he loved her. And maybe he did have a heart deeply for her. He says, anything I do that is right before God is going to harm her. And if I choose her, I'm separated from God. And he says, there's no solution. And some of us have faced this literally with family. Literally saying, it feels like the choice is between God and family. And Joseph was in that spot. He says, well, here's the best I can do. We'll make it a quiet divorce. He could see a good way forward. And God let him struggle with that. God let him wrestle with that till he got to the point that he made the decision. But after he'd considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you're to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Joseph came to this gut-wrenching decision. It was the only thing he could do that he could think, and yet it was still problematic. He made the decision, and then the angel came to him. You notice most of the time, the first thing an angel says is, don't be afraid. With Joseph, it's the second thing the angel said. First got his, his attention, knowing who he is and connecting him with, with David, the king. The angel says, don't be afraid, but it's a specific thing. He says, don't be afraid to obey. Don't be afraid to take Mary home to be your wife. And it's not the normal kind of fear, oh no, there's an angel and I'm afraid if I'm going to die right now. It's the fear to obey because this path to obey looked like it was taking a broken route. It was going down a road that was not good. His integrity would be questioned. And, and maybe even before God, he was doing what was wrong and he was afraid to do it. But the angel said, don't be afraid to obey. And at the center of what it makes it okay to obey is this name, Emmanuel. That means God with us. The angel said, because God is with you this will be okay. And so when Joseph woke up, he did 
what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. I just want to highlight here, he did what the Lord commanded him. The angel said, don't be afraid to do what God commands. Because Emmanuel, because God is with Mary and God is with you. Don't be afraid to do what you're commanded to do because God is present. God is in this. What we see in the story of Christmas illustrated so clearly in Joseph's story is that God's solution to the whole human problem and to each human problem is Emmanuel, God with us. The solution to the human problem, to right? So our real concern in the world is not surviving a Michigan winter. Our real concern is surviving humanity, right? It's surviving the problems of the world and, and the problems of each of us. And we have the human problem, and then we all have our own human problems. Each day we have our human problems, many times a day. Even in a joyous day like celebrating Christmas, we have our problems. And even the celebration sometimes creates the problems. We have all these things that challenge us. God's solution to the grand human problem and to each human problem is Emmanuel, is God with us. And so um, just wanted to walk you through the Hebrew. First of all, uh, you got to read Hebrew from right to left, not left to right. And, and the first part of it, those first two characters mean with, with. And then us, and then the statement, God, El, Elohim. Emmanuel is just putting together the words, with us, God. This is the name of the solution that God has for humanity and for each one of us in whatever we face. It's God with us. Emmanuel. God's solution to the human problem and to each human problem is Emmanuel, God with us. So you think about what is it that you tend to do when trouble comes? And what should we do? Well, what we should do is trust in Emmanuel. Trust in God with us. Trust in Jesus Christ. A statement I found this week looking at this. It's a profound statement too. There is no greater blessing that can be conceived than for God to dwell with his people. There can be no better, no greater blessing you can even imagine than God dwelling with his people. So when I was uh, very young, um, things were okay when my parents were around. And when my parents weren't around, I'm not so sure things are going to go okay. And so I told you the story before, the first day at kindergarten, when I discovered that parents leave you there. Um, that was real problematic for me, right? Because I was okay when parents were around. And when they were gone, I thought, I have no idea what's going to happen to me now. And I'm afraid. And so I think the attitude for me as a child, say, if my parents are here, it's okay. And heard my dad tell the story when, when the generation before him passed away. All of a sudden, there was this, this emptiness, this vacancy above me that says, is it going to be okay? And I have a, a strong sense of that. Right, what it is like when, when the generation before is gone and now I can't look up and say it's going to be okay because the parents aren't with me now. Uh, this week, or the last couple of months, Tom has had real struggles with his eyes. And this week was a real, a real gut-wrenching one of, of fear and worry. And for me as a dad, 
I was so glad when we were able to go to the doctor today, Christmas Eve. She came in on a, an exceptional offer to, yeah, I'll meet you at the office. She had to unlock the door for us, climbing through drifts of snow. And we got in there. And for me, it was okay. Now we're okay. Right now, somebody who knows what to do, who has the power to do it, is there. And she said, here's a plan. And Tom and I said, okay, it's all right. Similar to, I've got lots of doctor stories, not, not about Laura, but in the past. Forrest, our, our oldest, he, he gouged his leg so that you could see bone. And it's like, oh, let's cover that up. <laughs> so I covered it up. Let's get you to somebody who can help. And I'm, you know, I'm worried as we're going. And we get to the doctor. It's like, okay, now my job is done. I'm okay. Right? I look to those who have what I need and say when they're present, now I'm okay. There is no greater blessing that we can conceive than for God to be present. Even as we, we were talking about it tonight with the, the musicians and, and wonderful to have the youth join with us. And just for me, it's like, oh no, am I going to get this right? And oh, you know, am I going to remember the different things I'm supposed to do? And I realize if God is present, it'll be okay. If God is present in Jesus Christ, it will be okay. What do we do in trouble? Instead of fighting in flight and flame and, and freeze, it's to say, but if God is present, it's okay. Right? And so the application, we are to look to him. Right? To say, where are you, God? Jesus, uh, the, the Bible teaches us that if you seek God, you will find him. Jesus taught, ask and you'll receive. And the most fundamental thing is say, God, I need you. I need your presence. I need your goodness. We're to look to him. And then a key way to trust God is to do what Joseph did. And that is to do what he says. The angel said to Joseph, don't be afraid to obey because God is present. Right? Emmanuel, don't be afraid to obey because God is the one who is in your wife, your, your soon-to-be wife. God is present. Don't be afraid to obey. And then expect life in him forever. I don't know what the strategy is that you tend to use. I use lots of them. Different days and different times with different people, I'll adopt different strategies. And sometimes, oh, there must be somebody to blame and it's probably me. Um, there must be something that that uh, you know we can we can fix. Let's engineer it. Let's fight. Let's let's figure this out. Or sometimes it's just like I can't deal with that email right now. Maybe it'll disappear. <laughs> Maybe if I ignore it, it'll just be gone. Right? All these different strategies. Instead of just saying, if God is present, it will be okay. In fact, it'll be far more than okay. It'll be joyous. It'll be good. The name of the solution that God has for humanity is Emmanuel, God with us, in the Son of God, Jesus Christ, whose birth we celebrate, in the presence of the Holy Spirit among us as we trust in him. And that doesn't immediately make all these things that are challenging go away. Still glad to be able to go to the doctor. Still so thankful to have parents and others who are able to to be present and with us. And yet in all of these things, there's only one place where our hope is certain, and that is in Emmanuel. In God who is with us. Because he was born as a baby to live and to die that we could live with him forever. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, 
we are so thankful that you are good and that your plan, your design, is that you would be with us. So we thank you for the gift of Jesus of Nazareth, who was born as such a tiny, helpless baby boy, that he would grow up following you completely and dying in our place. And he said when he left, I will come back so that you can be with me. Your design is that we would be with you as you are with us. So we thank you for that. Father, I pray that you would teach us to find joy-filled hope that you are with us because of what Jesus has done and that we have the hope of being in your presence forever. We thank you. We give you praise. In Jesus' name, in Emmanuel's name, in the authority of the one who died and rose again, who will reign forever. In his name we pray. Amen.